If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2022 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. And get your favorite drinks delivered today. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week, we are on book number six, no, 50. Nope, 61. 61? Yeah. Good Lord. I know. Tell the professionalism there. I, we don't even have the excuse of being high on election results. <laughs> <laughs> that was just that one week where we let a lot of things slide, but not so much this week. <laughs> no. Well, I I'm, I read this one on my Kindle, so I don't have a proper glorious cover oh. in front of me. But um, yes, it is book 61 and it is Boy Trouble. Ooh, great title. It is a good title. It's a classic title. Uh, is it a classic book? Hmm. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Very much isn't. Sadly, it, I mean, it comes between two classic books. So I guess it's like the lull between two uh it, it's, like two disappo- it's like disappointing ham between two really nice bits <laughs> of sourdough bread. <laughs> that is exactly what it is like. <laughs> The disappointing ham of books. <laughs> so lower your expectations accordingly, listeners. <laughs> and let's let's dive right in with some taglines and blurbs. Uh, Karen, what is the cover tagline? Suitably dramatic. Uh, Patty's life is falling apart. Can Elizabeth help? Uh, I mean, if it's if anyone can, it has to be her. <laughs> There's no one else. <laughs> but of course. <laughs> And the the back line, cover line is torn in two. Oh my goodness! Well, I mean, she is, but yeah. it's like a lot of those books. It's amping up the drama for no real reason. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. A lot of drama out of nowhere and like forced kind of drama. It's like no, no, no. None of this reads it's, like yeah, like real. Well, of course, it doesn't read like real life. It's really just gonna say. You know what I mean. <laughs> Yes. I mean, it's one thing that Sweet Valley books do when they're kind of running low on ideas. They're just like, let's have loads of contrived problems that could be sorted out quite easily, but let's just repeat them again and again for like 130 pages. That's pretty much one of them. Uh, But can you tell us a bit more about it with the full back cover blurb? Okay, let's do it. So uh, here we are. Patty Gilbert is elated when she finds out that her boyfriend, Jim Hollis, is coming home from college for a weekend visit. But then, yeah. <laughs> oh, but then she finds out that her older sister, Jana, is coming home to visit the same weekend. And she tells Jim that she'll have to spend most of her time with her family. Like, this is such low stakes bullshit. Oh, no. oh. <laughs> Fucking Jim. He blows up at her. <laughs> and before Patty knows what's happening, they have a huge fight and break up. <laughs> oh, such 
babies and such drama queens. It's ridiculous. Okay. They're as bad as each other. They are. Patty feels awful, but at least she knows she'll be able to confide in her sister. As soon as Jana walks in the door, however, she announces that she's getting married in two weeks. Jana's so excited about the wedding plans that she has no time for Patty's problems. (laughs) I mean, okay. (laughs) Patty feels that she's lost her boyfriend because of Jana. When Patty accuses her sister of being selfish, they have a huge fight. Now it looks as if Patty has lost both her sister and and her boyfriend. <laughs> oh, so why are the people of this town like this? Like, why? I mean, <laughs> this happens. Something's going on with the water supply in that town. I mean, that would explain a lot. But yeah, it's just, it happens so often. There's just fights that don't need to exist. Like they could be just minor rows and they're blown up into ridiculous like feuds practically. Hugely, Yeah. Mm. But let's uh, bring things back to uh, more somber mode by describing the cover, please, because it's uh, it's full of intense emotion. It is, and in fairness, like the book might might not be great, but like the cover is fantastic. <laughs> let's oh face it. it, totally is. It's it's a classic standard of Sweet Valley in that we've got Liz doing her favourite thing which is putting her hand on someone's shoulder and looking very condescendingly and also with some concern at them. (laughs) How many times has she done this Like this must be five or six surely if not more like at least. And that's just on the cover like in, in the actual books who even knows because all she does is put her fucking hand on people's shoulders and pat their heads or whatever. Entirely true. Mm. Uh, and th- this is a classic of the genre, it has to be said. Like it is. This. Of, of the many photo- uh, pictures of Liz doing the old shoulder pat. Yeah. Um, this is a, a doozy. It's great. It's great. And like it's, it's like the clothes are one thing, apart from how great just the whole pose and everything is. The clothes <laughs> are fucking dynamite because Liz is wearing this like white shirt and it's got this really like frilly, fussy little collar on it. And I feel like this is kind of a little glimpse at her usual kind of Victorian ghost kind of couture look. Say. It's very much in that vein, which is very exciting to actually see it. Definitely. <laughs> that is our first glimpse of the Victorian ghost slash Victorian barmaid. Yes. Victorian barmaid ghost. Well, there you go. <laughs> All she needs is like a rose behind her ear. Absolutely. Like out of a Manet painting. That's great. Uh, yes. So, and of course her hand is on Patty Gilbert's shoulder and Patty's kind of looking to camera, looking quite sad. Um, she's got on like a nice light blue Luke Hardigan, it's buttoned all the way up because that is how these kids roll. Um, like it's she's, a bit, it's a bit frumpy. Oh, it completely is. Like she's, like she is gorgeous, but like she's a gorgeous thirty-two-year-old who's kind of upset that yes. she didn't make partner in the law firm that she works in in the eighties. Like that's, it's extremely <laughs> that not exactly high school student it. at all. <laughs> right down to her, her jewels. Quite yes. So she she's got like like a double necklace or is it two necklaces? I think it's like a double. Uh, I think necklace it's a type double necklace thing. and yeah. earrings. And so it's very like pendant, much like pendant earrings, but it's very it's 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 the jewelry of an older woman, like <laughs> definitely and uh, jewelry and clothes. But she is the first black character we've seen on the cover of a book. That's true. Or yeah. Not ever. Sorry, in Sweet Valley. Oh, oh Jesus! In yes, in Sweet Valley. <laughs> Sorry, it's not. It's not that bad. Um, yeah she is so uh, I have to say that one thing we should be I guess well we shouldn't be but I am relieved by uh, is the fact that to my immense surprise this is a book about a black lead character that is not 
in inverted commas about race oh like yes when Jade Rue turns up and it's like everything has to be about her being the only Chinese American girl in Sweet Valley oh extremely yes we managed to sidestep the capital A capital R about race of it all <laughs> so that's a relief yeah. as you say yeah. yeah I don't think we could have handled the sweet, another Sweet Valley uh, exploration of that subject oh, well we'll have Rose's Lie coming up soon enough so we'll have to deal with oh. that when it comes up oh we do <laughs> oh, God. and we've got I think what is it called? Oh, it's the one. It's actually about some minor character, uh, one of the randomers, a random boy in this case, who ends up siding with a racist against <gasps> his best friend. Oh my goodness. Which I have to say, in fairness to it, doesn't, ends up with him still estranged from his friend because his friend is like, okay, you saw the error of your ways, but Ooh. I can't forgive you. Nice. Which is quite surprising. Wow. A pleasant surprise in that case. Well, look, I mean, we'll take a pleasant yeah. surprise where we can get them when it comes to this series. <laughs> Few and far between. Indeed. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it is a good cover. It's got a very uh, vivid colour scheme, I think we could say, the apart from their outfits, which are tasteful pastels, but the actual book itself is uh, anything but. <laughs> it's quite the, um, like the fruit salad sweets kind of colour scheme. It's that kind of yellow and a bright yes. pink. It's great. Oh, it's it's garish, but in a good way. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> well, if only the the story was equally as uh, as vivid. Though I guess it does have. I'm not going to spoil it, but there's one uh, colourful subplot that involves um, some uh, uh, vivid colour schemes, shall we say, a bit of artistic flair. Indeed, look, it has its um, moments. Yeah. <laughs> certainly does. So let's dive right in to the cafeteria where Winston is asking Liz whether he's a suitable candidate for her new column. Yeah. And I, at first I thought this, it was like, oh, this is what's replacing eyes and ears. But like, yeah. no, eyes and ears are still sticking around. <laughs> yeah. She's actually wonders, will she be able to handle two <laughs> columns, that is. And she admits it'll be tricky, but uh, we're told she knew the most journal- the more journalistic practice she got, the better writer she would be someday. I mean, true, I suppose. I I <laughs> we just hate it when she's right. <laughs> I know. And especially when she's right about journalism, given that in Normally, it's all about her most, her trusty dictionary is always by her side. <laughs> uh, well, Winston apparently is doesn't have a shot at being um, being a subject because she is focusing solely on seniors. Yeah, it's like a, a profile, personal profiles. So it's like, it's just like an article about it. Like, it sounds very boring, to be honest. It's like, oh, we're in school it. with these people. We know them. It's fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> come on, Liz. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, what are their plans and dreams of the future? I mean, does anyone really care? Who cares? Care? Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't no. care what the kids in the year ahead of me at school were going to do next. It's like, I don't know them. <laughs> and if I do know them, then I already know what they want to do. It's fine. Exactly. <laughs> if I don't know them, I don't care. <laughs> well, Dee Dee becomes an unlikely horn dog when she tells Liz that Liz can, quote, mix business with pleasure and interview some cute senior guys oh god <laughs> um, but Liz says she's chosen her her first victim who is a girl and before she can reveal who it is Jess appears and we get the usual twin comparison including and I don't think this counts as a uh, as a close no. um, spoiler but um, we're we're told that their their styles are are very different because Liz prefers Niche khakis. Fucking hell. <laughs> Just retired to Florida already, Jesus. I know. 
Oh my goodness. Uh, and uh, speaking of clothes, Liz admires Dee Dee's colourful t-shirt and Dee Dee reveals where she where she acquired it. Yeah, so Dee Dee, uh, she made it. She's uh, started yeah. getting into painting t-shirts, I guess. And yeah, that's a thing. Uh, that look, sure look, it will leave her off. <laughs> It was the eighties. I can actually imagine myself doing exactly the same thing in nineteen eighty. Yeah, you know what? Now, now that I've said it out loud, I when I was in college, I did actually paint t-shirts uh, for myself <laughs> because I couldn't find t-shirts of like the bands that I liked as like a baby metalhead. I couldn't find a Slayer t-shirt, so I painted one for myself. <laughs> Like, Actually, oh, I as a broke student as well, it just made more sense to just fucking make my own T-shirt. <laughs> my sister actually just posted on Instagram the other day one of the T-shirts that we made when we were in college where we'd buy like child's T-shirts and, you know, yes. drums or whatever to get like little T-shirts mm-hmm. and then did uh, our favourite band's logos on them in, remember the sort of raised like gel like bubble paint kind of, yeah. Yes. Nice. So, I mean, who are we to mock Dee Dee? I know. It's like we're really throwing stones in glass houses over here. Very much so. Do you still have your self-made Slayer t-shirt? I do not, no. (laughs) I know. I'm sure there's photos. I mean, there were quite a few, but that was just the one that came to mind first. I think if you could donate those photos, that's something for our brand new uh, SVH podcast Instagram account. (laughs) Just putting that out there. Well, uh, Dee Dee has uh, wider plans for her own creations because at the weekend she's going to head to the craft fair that's that apparently takes place in the mall car park the glamour my goodness <laughs> yes. and uh, yeah so she's gonna she's gonna sell her wares there and this asks her where patty is and dd points her out on the other side of the cafeteria but says like good luck at any sense out of her basically because she's she's in a daze because someone is coming to visit this weekend that's right so yes Dee Dee's boyfriend Jim uh, who's a freshman in Pacific College and not uh, SVU yeah. but um, yeah wherever the fuck Pacific College is that's where he is could be anywhere indeed but uh, <laughs> yeah so he's he's home for the weekend yes uh, so Liz knows how you know long distance love feels and she uh, feels a bit of a connection with Patty as she heads over and Patty is hanging out with a much cooler table way cooler <laughs> oh my god <laughs> can you tell us who's there yeah she's there with okay well Olivia Davidson who is usually cool she just had a bit of a setback in that uh, that last book that Teacher she was in the middle of yes yes, yes that wasn't wasn't her finest hour um, no. so there's Olivia there's Guy Chesney and Emily Mayer who of course are both in the droids so like straight away oh. that's a fucking cool table yeah and last time last book we had this random sports gang and now we've got like the Archie <laughs> yes, gang the creative gang <laughs> the, mu- the musical gang actually because we know the Olivia is always playing that's you true blowing in the wind <laughs> <laughs> bringing down guitar. fucking killing the vibe at the party with her fucking guitar <laughs> <laughs> there's always one <laughs> uh, well in fairness they are the only people I'd particularly want to hang out with in, uh, in that cafeteria. Um, though depressingly, we're told that Patty's just having a salad because she says, because Olivia comments like, what, don't you need to keep your strength up because of your dancing? And uh, Patty says, I'm dieting now because Jim's coming home for the weekend. I'm making a lot of special plans, most of which include food. This is a terrible, terrible attitude. And there's like, it's such a stupid little 
thing as well. Like, there's no need for this at all. They yeah. could have just left this out. It's like it's properly shoehorned in and there's absolutely no cause for it whatsoever. Other know, than to be weird to, about food once again. Yes, and perpetuate fucked up ideas about yeah. eating and uh, diets. Uh, well, it turns out that's not the only thing that Patty's worried about because just she's worried about the weekend in general and she wants it to be perfect because it turns out she and Jim have been kind of feeling the 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 pressure, I guess, of the long distance romance. It's um, it's not like they've had an argument or anything, but he hasn't been home for a while and he's never there when she calls. By the way, this is something that is never explained. Very true. So, yeah. Yeah. Because where the, was he all this time? We never find out and it drove me mad. <laughs> like, where was he? But yeah, I suppose when he went away first, like he'd come home every weekend and they'd talk on the phone a good few times a week, but it's all kind of fallen off now and he doesn't yeah. come home every weekend. He's not he's obviously not there wherever the fuck he is he's not answering anyway so yeah things are I think a little bit strained or kind of yeah just different between them at the minute they definitely are and she thinks one thing is for sure they needed this weekend together if their romance was going to survive oh my goodness (gasps) so the stakes are high indeed uh so Liz pops up as, <laughs> as as if she senses that there's going to be some emotional crisis <laughs> in, the, in the offing. And she asks Patty about being in personal profiles. And uh, we're told that although everyone liked Elizabeth, Patty felt she and Elizabeth shared a special bond since the time they had teamed up to help Dee Dee regain her self-confidence by putting her in charge of the school talent show. Now, this is actual continuity, which makes more sense than the random French project with Terry in the last episode. True. But like, how does everyone in this fucking school think that they feel a cherished special bond with Liz? But like, this, so it, it, they all do. But like this one in particular was fucking egregious, to be honest, because it was like, it's such a fucking special bond that you haven't spoken to each other in 39 <laughs> books. Because I went back and counted <laughs> as the Terry Adams of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been 39 books since these two bitches have interacted. So absolutely not. I am not having it. <laughs> I share your scepticism about this special bond, but I at least think it is something that was established over the course of a book, which after t- they suddenly announced having never mentioned Terry before, <laughs> she and Liz like soulmates because of the French project. The mystery French project. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that lowered my standards. So um, I, I appreciated some sort of callback to uh, to a previous book. <laughs> we'll take any continuity if it's from 40 books ago. <laughs> exactly. And again, you know, ex- lower expectations in everything when it comes to Sweet Valley. <laughs> and Liz explains that this personal profile is going to focus on seniors at their plans of the future etc their memorable experiences at sweet valley i i mean when she does her own personal profile it'll be i mean that time i was kidnapped oh my God. it's the only one worth doing really isn't it <laughs> that time my sister ran away and that time regina died fucking hell <laughs> well patty loves the idea and um Liz, in a hilarious jest, says, says, oh yeah, Dee Dee told me you were free all weekend. It's like, and Patty's like, she did what? Oh, I see what she did. They think this is hilarious. Hilarious. (laughs) It's basically an excuse for Patty to confide her worries about the weekend to Liz. Yeah, it's it's all just set up for, (laughs) for later. Yes. And Liz suggests, okay, if if you've got all these plans for the weekend, why don't you call over to my house on Sunday night when Jim has gone home and says, we could talk over dessert. 
these kids and their dessert dates. <laughs> That's they like, love it, coffee and dessert date. Yeah, what can yeah. you say? <laughs> and why not? <laughs> so later, Patty arrives home uh, after dance class uh, in a really good mood and she finds her, her mother on the phone to her older sister, Jana. And we're told that Jana lives in San Francisco and works for an environmental non-profit. She hasn't been home in six months and... That's right. I would say, Jesus, Jana. <laughs> My sister lives in another country. And when there's not a pandemic on, she's home more often. <laughs> That's true. Because like San Francisco's what, maybe two hours from Sweet Valley? Have they, like, it's it's not, it's not, you know, arduous to get you, there. You could do it in a day. Easily, yes. You don't have to get in a plane. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, uh, Mrs. Gilbert <laughs> tells Patty that Jana is coming home that weekend as, on a surprise visit. And apparently she's got like some mysterious big news to tell them. Mm. So, she, so she wants them to keep that weekend free. But obviously that is not what Patty wants to hear because she and Jim have this like make or break time. Oh my God. <laughs> as she's basically decided in her head, like... She thinks Jim and I might, Jim and I need this weekend. Our whole relationship might depend on us. Like they sound like people who've been married for 40 years who are like, we need to save our marriage. It's like, you're 16, <laughs> chill out. <laughs> or maybe 17, she's a senior, I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, and he's probably 18, but still. Yeah. But still, like uh, you're babies. <laughs> yeah. Well, they certainly are babies in the romantics. Anyway, she decides to call him and see if he can postpone till next weekend. But of course, he doesn't answer the phone. Because he's and, just never there. It's and she does try. Like she calls like loads while yeah. she's trying to get him. Like, is it a couple of days that she has to try and get a hold of him? And yeah, yeah. she's ringing several times a day, and there's never any answer. So she is trying. Yeah. And like, yeah, because we cut to twenty four hours later, and she still hasn't got an answer. And we're told even with exams, it was hard to believe Jim had Jim had been in the library for twenty four hours straight. Yes, mm. and again, we do not get an explanation for this. <laughs> like. Yeah, she's like, there were lots of, <laughs> Patty's like, there were lots of perfectly innocent reasons why Jim might be out so late, she told herself. And it's like, but what are they? Because we don't know and we never find out. We need answers. <laughs> I really thought that there was going to be some explanation, like he was planning a surprise for her. That's <laughs> yeah. what it always is. is. We may as well tell you now, like, this is never explained. <laughs> oh, again, lower expectations, listeners. <laughs> uh, so we're also told that... Um, her pl- Patty's plan is that when she graduates from Sweet Valley High next year, she's going to go to Pacific College too, so they can be together all the time. Oh, do not base your mm-hmm. college plans on who you're going out with when you're 17, Patty. Absolutely not. Ridiculous. Yeah. <sighs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think that these books would present that as being a lovely romantic thing to do, <laughs> as opposed to not really the best way to plan the rest of your life. No. So the following evening, Patty is at Dee Dee's house as Dee Dee puts the finishing touches to her t-shirt creations. And we learn she's going to have to man the stall solo at the craft fair because some friend from her, more continuity here, her <laughs> civic centre design class, uh-huh. uh, who was meant to be helping her, had come down with the flu. And was it not in that one about the school talent show? Did she, that wasn't that when she started doing classes? Oh, I think so. Or no, she she was doing the classes and then gave them up when she was all weird and, and oh, freaking about out Bill, about that's Bill. that's true. So she yes. just kind of abandoned all of her interests and then I think they got her back into doing it or something. Yeah, They did. But uh, again, more continuity. So, mm. you know, credit where credit's due. <laughs> again. 
<laughs> so we learned that she's she's made 20 t-shirts and all she has to do le- uh, next is iron the fabric paint and oh my god it's just bringing back how much I wanted to do stuff like this when I was a kid and it was just harder to get things like fabric paint I do remember <laughs> getting it at some stage and thinking I was going to make some sort of creation <laughs> when I was that young like not in college and uh yeah, it's uh, harder to... <laughs> like me when I should have known better. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were actually a design student, so I bet yours wasn't that bad. It was a solid attempt at a system of a down logo. I'll give myself that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we need photos. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Well, Patty is uh, appreciative of Dee Dee's creations, but um, she's just waiting for a phone call from Jim because she t- rang his house and said where she was and told the t- um, Jim's mom to say, you know, as soon as he gets in, call me and mm. be straight there. And um, she's she's kind of stressed out because she's only going to get, get to see him for a few minutes before she has to head home to Jana, but she's you know determined to... Uh, to have a, a reunion. And when the call arrives, she runs over, drives over at top speed to their stucco ranch house. Ooh. The ranch house. Yeah. It is a split level. Who knows? <laughs> and they uh, they have a joyful reunion and it turns out that Jim is a free gaff because he managed to persuade his parents to go out for the evening. Nice. <laughs> well, when she asks him what he has in mind, we're told Jim wiggled his eyebrows. Maybe we could kiss for a couple of hours, he suggested. Then we could catch our breath. A kiss for a couple more. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the sauciness was all. <laughs> my notes just say, saucy. <laughs> but you know it's got to be all over the clothes. You know, they'll be above the waist. <laughs> just grab a boob, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say the B word. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they share a tender moment and uh, Jim talks about how he's just had so much work recently. I mean, how much work really? (laughs) Um, But then when Patty tells about Jana's surprise visit and how she tried to contact him to postpone, um, Jim is kind of like, what do you want to be to postpone? And when uh, and he's kind of a bit snappy and when Jana says like well she's my big or sorry when Patty says she's my big sister um, I thought you'd understand and he says I do understand I understand your sister is more important to you than I am I'm like uh, yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> pretty much Jim like <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> And Patty tries to defend herself and is like, you're being ridiculous. And he says, oh, we haven't seen each other in ages. And you're telling me you'd rather spend the weekend with Janet than with me? How am I supposed to feel about that? It looks like I drove two hours for nothing. You might as well have stayed up there and had some fun. It's like, oh my God, you fucking child. It's like, it's a family obligation. She don't, these things happen. She I didn't know. have a choice. But also the way he's like, we haven't seen each other in ages. Like, well, whose fucking fault is that? You're never around yeah. to answer the phone and you obviously haven't bothered your whole coming down any of the weekends lately. So like, shut up, Jim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, she hasn't seen her sister for six months inexplicably, but you know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a big deal so they basically have a stupid sniping fat fight and um when patty's like well maybe i should i should have just stayed at home and i'll come over to see you at all or maybe i'll just spend the weekend with my family he's all like that's fine have fun and thanks for nothing 
uh, why did I even bother? And then when Patty tells him, look, I tried to call you and tell you not to come. That makes him even worse. Like, ew, gee, that was nice of you. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Like, it's pure manufactured drama and just, it escalates so much for, for no reason. <laughs> As always happens in this stupid town. And <laughs> you're so mad. <laughs> it's just, it's the pointlessness of it. Like they just manufacture all the whole of the manufactured drama so constantly. It's just like, I think I'm on the edge. <laughs> but let's just say no to drugs, kids. No. <laughs> Don't go out like Regina. No. Um, but yeah, they basically, they snipe and snipe. She says, Was, were you seeing somebody else? She's like, of course I wasn't. And he's outraged. And uh, he's like, well, I tr- I trust you, but it's obvious you don't trust me. Maybe I should be dating other girls. And I, Go ahead. Patty picked up a pillow from the couch and hurled it at Jim. Maybe it's time I found a new boyfriend. <laughs> and of course, she runs away crying. <laughs> of course. It's the only Throwing way to pillows end. around. The so only she... way to end an argument. <laughs> yes. Throw a pillow and... What a way. Nice. She put her own stamp on it, at least. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah, the pillow's a new touch. So as Patty drives home, she's in shock. But as she goes, goes along, she just gets angrier and angrier. And uh, she knows she wasn't right to accuse him of cheating. I mean, is she? Where was I'm, he, though? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, he, he didn't have an explanation. Yeah. But she's she's totally, uh, and she's definitely totally right when she thinks that, you know, her family matters and he can't act like he's her sole priority. Yeah. Um, but she's consoled herself by thinking she'd be able to have a proper heart-to-heart with Jana for the first time in ages when she gets home. But uh, when she arrives in the kitchen, she sees Jana. But Jana's not alone. She sure isn't, because yeah, she's expecting Jana's old uh, Volkswagen, but there's like an unfamiliar sports car in the driveway. <gasps> Very suspicious. And, <laughs> and when she goes in to the kitchen, at Jana's side stood a tall, shoulder, a broad-shouldered young black man in a crisp uniform, an ear-to-ear grin on his handsome face. The mystery hunk is Ted Brewster. And he and Jana have some news. That's right. She introduces uh, she introduces him as Ted Brewster. My fiance, Jana added, her dark eyes dancing. We're getting married. They have known each other for, I'm not joking, about a month. Can you imagine like, introducing someone to your parents and be like, by the way, we're getting married. Like, what the fuck? Oh, oh, and not only are they getting married, but he's in the Air Force and he's being posted to Germany in three weeks. And uh, she's going with him. Oh, not just Germany, though. West Germany. West Germany, I know. It's... <laughs> Hello, Iron Curtain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's, it, it, did, it does remind me that when I started like doing geography and indeed German in secondary school, that was 1988. And like by the time I did the leaving search. You know, the entire geography, actually, by the time I stopped doing geography in 1991, like the entire map of Eastern and Central oh, Europe was totally different, which is uh, my excuse for if I ever get, you know, where countries are mixed up. <laughs> literally, after I stopped learning. There you go. more maps of Europe. Things were quite, uh, things were in flux during your education on that subject. So I think that's fair. <laughs> they definitely were. Uh, I do remember our German class celebrating German unification in 1990. So uh, <laughs> it's all coming back to me now. Uh, so yes, Ted is uh, going off some 
uh, American Army base or air base, and Jana is uh, is his GI bride, <laughs> and well, not a GI pilot bride. I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Gilbert are surprisingly blasé. They're about quite chill you. about it, aren't they? Yeah. You think they'd be a bit? Uh, you're 22, and you've known him for a month. Um, like he seems like a very nice boy, but. You know, you sure? What the fuck? Sure? Like, yeah. <laughs> they were all like, oh no, how can we organize a nice wedding in two weeks? Like that is that should be the only issue here. <laughs> but I guess they're all they're uh, you know, caught up in the madly in love vibe. There you go. Um yeah, so everyone's really excited about the wedding plans, but Patty is in a daze. And she feels kind of almost resentful. Yeah, well, Patty also seems to be the only one who's acknowledging that this is really fucking weird as well. Yeah, Yeah, she says she could recall Jana mentioning during a phone call that she had gone out with an Air Force officer named Ted a few times, but it was a long way from a couple of dates to being engaged. It is. It is. She's right. Um, but it's actually really sad because she feels she can't confide to Jana. She was looking, you know, she'd been looking forward to at least spilling her guts out to Jana about yeah. the gym stuff. But that's obviously not going to happen now. No. no. And uh, yeah, because everybody's all wedding, 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 wedding. And nobody even notices the traces of tears in Patty's eyes. Oh, Patty. Oh, and poor Patty feels like she had just broken up with her boyfriend. And now in two weeks, she was going to lose her only sister too. So the next morning, Patty is miserable when she wakes up, but uh, then Jana pops into her room and Patty thinks it's she wants to have an old school sort of sisterly chat and gossip. But Jana has only one subject. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I mean, I guess it's understandable, but it's also kind of shit for Patty. But yeah, basically all all Jana does is talk about Ted and the engagement or like the wedding and stuff. And it's just like, oh, goddamn. (laughs) I know. There's a great bit where she, uh, when pa- Patty is, is about to say, look, you know, something's actually happened where, and Jan is like, hang on one moment, and runs off to get some bridal magazines and then shows a picture of the dress, that's a, of a dress and says, picture me in it. And we're told, Patty dutifully pictured Jana in the dress. <laughs> I like the idea we're just going, mm, yes, pictured. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Jana has to spend the entire day doing all the wedding planning stuff. And when Patty suggests, you know, maybe we could hang out together, she just doesn't have time. And no. she just wants Patty to help her, you know, do the sort of wedding admin. Yeah. But she and Patty agrees to do it. But as she as Jana runs off, Patty feels like her sister has has changed. No, she she, uh, the big sister Patty had grown up with was sensitive and kind. But this Jana is basically so obsessed with being a bridezilla that she doesn't even listen. <laughs> so, but yeah, Patty hasn't even got a word in edgeways and Jana doesn't even seem to notice. Oh, she's and she, like, she really hasn't. Patty bar- like, literally barely said a word there. <laughs> but like, no, Jana it, didn't give her a second. Yeah. It's true. And uh, yeah, she thinks that, you know, she might as well have just spent the weekend with Jim because. She's not like having quality time with Jana. She's just being yeah. her sort of assistant. Oh. So she she makes good old Dee Dee. Dee Dee is great in this book, by the way. Dee Dee's a good friend. She is. And Dee Dee offers sympathy and suggests Patty call out to them all um, so they can hatch a plan to fix things up with Jim. But of course, Patty has to do all this wedding crap. Uh, but Dee Dee has another suggestion for later. 
she, she oh I can't find her sorry <laughs> she she wants them to go to a film uh to for, for to Guido's and then on to see a film with Bill's quote hilarious friend Craig who oh, is yes. we're told an absolute riot. <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she thinks it'll be a distraction and Patty eventually gives in and Dee Dee is sure that it'll cheer her up. But Patty is not so sure. No. So we cut to the Casadel Wakefield where Jess is disapproving of Liz's boring outfit. I guess we'll hear about that later. <laughs> and she's also, Jess is, is, uh, is also not very happy with life in general. We're told that Jessica was dressed for the beach too, but her expression was more like that of someone who had been sentenced to spend a gorgeous Saturday in jail. (laughs) So dramatic. It's great. And she has a shocking declaration. Yeah, she decides she's bored of the beach. Like, what? 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 (laughs) And Liz reminds her there's going to be a cookout for Aaron Dallas's birthday. And Jessica's Aaron Dallas's birthday big deal <laughs> she's so salty out of nowhere like <laughs> I would tell Aaron was a perfectly nice person Jess got nothing against him hadn't she gone out with him a few times <laughs> maybe that was the problem she had dated everyone worth dating at Sweet Valley High and there was absolutely no one new and interesting in the entire student body <laughs> she's literally run out of boys she's exhausted all of the resources of Sweet Valley High <laughs> Yep. And she thinks hanging out wasn't any fun unless you had a crush on somebody. I mean, I kind of guess what she means. Like, it is the spice of life when you're that age. Uh, like, like, it doesn't mean that things aren't fun. No, that's it. true. But she's just, I suppose, just, yeah, she's such a horn dog. She literally can't function <laughs> unless she wants to fucking dry hump somebody at the beach disco. <laughs> this is true. So, yeah, this is a crisis for Jessica. Like, she can't even bring herself to go to the beach uh, so you know things are bad and by the way we've got a little shout, shout out to our old pal AJ that's right told, yes and we're told that uh, she feels a little nostalgic and self-pitying and we're told she hadn't really liked a boy since she broke up with AJ Morgan oh well she did set her sights on a certain himba she did that's true <laughs> she didn't waste much time there <laughs> Uh, so she decides like oh might as well go to that craft fair and thinks maybe she'll pick up some guys there because she's always on the prowl always it's so weird though that she's not like even if she's bored of the beach there's still like a party at the beach going on and she's like no I'm going to go hang out at the craft fair like really okay (laughs) you would think that that would like be you know a beach would offer more rich pickings for her than a craft fair at a car park but (laughs) (laughs) not we cut to the craft fair where Dee Dee's sales are going well and uh, her creations and quite something the, oh Christ <laughs> I, I, are you saving all the t-shirts for the end uh, no there's actually quite a bit of outfit stuff so I'd actually be here all day I think if I went through everything so we can talk about her t-shirts alright <laughs> well the first one is a swirling black and turquoise seascape and we're told they're all larges because because most people like to wear their shirts big these days. So they're sort of oversized men's yes. shirts. Um, and uh, the woman, go, uh, the customer who's admiring it goes, I'm one of them. And she <laughs> she snaps it up. And we're told that Dee Dee has sold almost uh, all of her shirts. Yeah, she's uh, doing great. Like people really love these shirts, but... Uh, I don't know, man. These shirts sound kind of shit, to be honest. Oh, God. They sound like a hot 
mess. But, <laughs> but as we learned, they could be worse. And Didi's tired, but she's having a good day. She just wishes she could take a break and like grab some food and presumably go to the loo because she's the... That's right, yeah. She's having to man the stall like all day long with no breaks, which is kind of harsh. And in that yes. sunshine too. Oof. Oh, no, I'd be, I'd be flicking out before now. Yeah. Um, but someone else is in that, uh, is it, is that the craft fair? It's old Jessica. She's disappointed <laughs> by the caliber of guys. Like really, what did she expect? Of course, it's just going to be fucking hippies. Like, come on, Jessica. No. <laughs> she thinks they're older for your grandmother or, and I quote, skinny, er- earnest, earthy types and flip-flops and raggedy clothes. <laughs> As my notes say, no shit. <laughs> what would you imagine an 80s craft fair in a car park it's not going to be cutting edge design apart from Dee, Dee of course um, so uh, Jessica has been buying plenty of trinkets like earrings and scarves and mm. things and when she finds Dee, Dee she's she's impressed by the by the tea but she thinks the price is expensive and um, Dee Dee's like well it was a lot of work Jessica is so rude she's like oh well somebody will buy it Jessica predicted care to see well I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, yeah, because she like she picks up the t-shirt and she's like, oh, this is cool. Kind of steep for a t-shirt though. And then she's like, eh, yeah, whatever, I'm out of here. <laughs> but before she could uh, flee, uh, Dee Dee has a request. Well, she, <laughs> poor Dee Dee, like you say, she's probably bursting to go to the loo. Like. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Um, yeah, so she says, could I ask you a huge favour? Jessica frowned. What? She asked her tone less friendly. Jesus, <laughs> she's such, such a bitch, like. <laughs> yes. So Dee Dee wants her to man stroll so she can grab some lunch and Jessica grudgingly agrees, but she wishes she'd gone to the beach um, because anything would be better than this. <laughs> but then somebody hoves into view. <laughs> The one good-looking man at the craft fair fucking slides oh. into view. <laughs> oh, he's not just good-looking. <laughs> he is, we're told, one of the most gorgeous men she had ever seen. But they're all always the most gorgeous man <laughs> she's know. ever seen. Like, we need to start keeping a league table of the most gorgeous man she's ever seen. <laughs> I mean, there was the dancing teacher. Was yeah, the, the, the chef guy. Oh, yeah. There was Stuart Back, uh, Backman. He was, uh, yeah, actually, he was kind of similar to this fellow. True. Uh, who we're told he had longish black hair and sexy brown eyes. Uh, <laughs> are you saving his outfit? Uh, no, we can go for it. Okay. Can you tell us what he's wearing? <laughs> so, yes, he's uh, wearing faded jeans and a loose linen jacket with the sleeves rolled up. <laughs> Oh, very Miami Vice. So Miami Vice. And yet I'm also like picturing him with like a bolo tie or something. There's just, there's some turquoise going on there somewhere. I just know it. Oh yeah, I can picture that. Well, we're told, forget gorgeous. He had the kind of face you saw once in a lifetime. <laughs> Jessica thought, rugged and romantic. He was in his late 20s, oh, she guessed. For fuck's sake. He's probably an Italian movie director or a famous artist. Either way, she was convinced he was the man she had been waiting for. <laughs> what? To get put in prison if he goes anywhere near her? <laughs> Fucking hell, Jess. <laughs> Hello, he said, his voice as deep and penetrating as his eyes. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's impressed by the t-shirts. 
And uh, Jessica sort of presents her, well, well, Dee Dee's wares, but is presenting them as her own. Oh, God, of course she is. Because <laughs> he says, it's nice to meet an artist who's not shy about his work and she does not contradict him. And he introduces himself as Vincent Delano. And when he asks where she's from, this, as my notes say, deluded bitch thinks. <laughs> he wants to know if I'm just in town for the craft fair, she thought. He wants to ask me out. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Why do you think this? Oh, my God. He's nearly 30. Like, no. <laughs> he does not want to ask a child out. <laughs> oh. And bear in mind, listeners, he doesn't. This no. is another book where I feel that we have to stress that uh, the dodginess is entirely in the minds of a deluded teen. It's all projection. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing happens. No. Um, so she's like, oh, I live right here in Sweet Valley. Jessica hoped, hoped her tone made it clear that she was very available. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, because he says he wants to make her an offer, which she... It's like, it seems to, well, she doesn't seem to. She assumes is some sort of sexual one. And, and he says that he's the owner of Blue Parish Crafts. Fantastic. The ghostwriters have just gone completely rogue with the shop names. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's not just like the arty gift shop. No, there's a rebellion on her hands with these shop names. Like, I can feel it. No, the tide has turned. <laughs> Uh, well, he wants to stock uh, Jessica's, or rather Dee Dee's, mm. wares. And uh, Jessica considers telling him the truth for about a split second, but then thinks that uh, she never willingly turned her back on an adventure <laughs> or a great looking guy. And Vincent Delano definitely qualified. Oh, God. She's so she, she literally hides the tray of cards with Dee Dee's name on them because Dee Dee obviously has her little business cards out and she's oh. like, slipping them under the counter. <laughs> Just going to set fire to these. No reason. Don't look over there. <laughs> I'd love to make a big sale, she says. Oh, That's God. what I don't say. The mad bitch. <laughs> a bitch a lot but she is one she is though <laughs> I think that's fair <laughs> um, so Vincent is totally professional uh, and he says he'll call her soon and Jessica's only too delighted to give her details and she feels a slight twinge of guilt but thinks she would have bet a hundred thousand t-shirts that Vincent was more interested in her than in her supposed artwork and you would lose that bet Jessica Oh my god! Like she's so demented. I don't know. Like I don't know why she's so convinced that that's what this is about. It's I know. So he, funny. He has given her no indication. He has <laughs> everything he has said is clear that he has a shop and he what like he's not going come round to my house. No, more t-shirts. None like, of that. Like it's all one-sided. He's, like, he's literally saying, "I'd like to stock your t-shirts. Uh, can I want to talk to my business partner and uh, maybe we can, you know, make an appointment." To, yes to check things out but she somehow thinks this is a sign of oh sexual God. pursuit so DT comes back and it's like oh did I miss anything and Jessica's like not a thing <laughs> <laughs> we cut to later that evening where Patty and Dee Dee and Bill and Bill's tedious friend Craig are in <laughs> Guido's and Craig is holding forth about some stupid surfing story and oh God he's hard work <laughs> he is he's kind of a dose isn't he 
Because we're told that uh, Patty feels better now she's, you know, chilling after her long, boring day of wedding and men. Um, but, you know, she's so sort of tired and stressed. She she can't even appreciate Guido's uh, haute cuisine. No. And, and, but Craig is distracting her somehow. And <laughs> when he asks Dee Dee about her day... Um, Dee's like, oh, well, well, gives Patty a T-shirt that she saved just for her. And Craig is impressed when he hears about uh, Patty and her dancing. And he's, he, he is a terrible, and I mean that literally, flirt. He, <laughs> like, he starts to teach me a few steps in the middle of Guido's. And then he's like, promise me a tango in the parking lot then. Like, oh, God. Craig. Give it yeah, up, like, Craig. I kind of wasn't sure. Was like, was Dee Dee kind of setting them up to actually for anything to happen or was it just like you need a distraction let's just come out and we're all just friends and it's fine or like I just I think yeah, it was I, meant to be the latter yeah he was getting a bit fl- I mean he wasn't getting sleazy in fairness no to him. he wasn't but he's just like annoying and flirty yeah <laughs> oh my god and he's actually like they head um they head over to the uh, to the cinema and Craig is talking a mile a minute which meant that all Patty had to do was laugh at his remarks he sounds nightmarish. God, it kind of sounds exhausting. Yeah. Extremely exhausting. <laughs> now, the film uh, is a love story, which initially isn't what Patty needs, but after a while, it sort of gives her hope because it's got, uh, doubtless, it has as many pointless complications and arguments as her own life. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, oh, maybe me and Jim can work it out like the characters in the movie. And when the film's over, she sheds a, a tear because of the moving happy ending. And Craig sort of, like, in fairness to him, I guess this isn't really a sleazy thing. He sort of like squeezes her shoulder and is like, oh, you know, you're big softy or something like that. But just as this is happening, Patty sees somebody, not just one person. <laughs> oh, God. Like talk about timing as well, because in fairness to Craig, it is described as a friendly squeeze and it's not like, like you say, he's not being creepy. Um, but right at that point, yeah, uh, Patty looks up and sees also in the cinema there's Jim uh, and he's not alone so there's a girl with him uh, and they're like she's Uh-oh. laughing she says something to Jim her face is very close to his and Patty's <gasps> like what the fuck is this oh my god yes and she is uh, she's not just any girl she is a beautiful black girl in a short purple dress oh, oh sorry was that an outfit <laughs> sorry go for it there's loads honestly <laughs> Well, she's got a wide purple headband and her dark curly hair. So, of course, she's beautiful. Of course. And, she's um, in Sweet Valley, isn't she? <laughs> exactly. And she's, yeah, they're, they're yuckling it up. And Patty runs away crying. Oh. But not before Jim has caught sight of her. And he's seen her with Craig. And he also looks enraged. Uh, so, you know, it's a bit of a shit show. And when the others find her, the kindly Dee Dee says that she'll take Patty home and join the others later at the Dairy Burger. And Patty gets all upset and starts wondering if Jim just picked a fight with her on purpose so he had an excuse to break up with her. And Dee Dee is like, this does not sound like Jim. You know, you've, you've got to you've got to sort this out. And when they go back to the Gilbert's house, um, they have a, they're on their own in the house because the others are out doing more wedding stuff. And they have a heart to heart. And again, Dee Dee is a nice friend. She's such a good friend. Yeah, this was so nice because I feel like a lot of the other characters in this book would be like, OK, off you go home and I'm going to go on to wherever they were going, the Dairy Burger yeah. or something uh, with the others. But like she actually does like bail on, on her night, basically, with Bill and comes back with Patty and like hangs out with her and they eat some 
cookies and it's nice like yeah yeah i like both of them if only patty hadn't got embroiled in a typical sweet valley (laughs) pointless frown (laughs) Uh, speaking of which jim rings and uh he tries to explain he says you know it's not what it looks like and she's like i won't fall for that old line and you understand to me points out uh you're with somebody as well and she's like, oh, but look who's talking. How long have you been seeing somebody behind her, my back? And again, they have another pointless fight. She hangs up and she's in bits and she tells, she basically tells Dee Dee, look, I just need to be on my own now. And can you go? You know, it's fine. You go. Yeah. And Dee Dee leaves and says she'll wake her tomorrow. And Patty is reminiscing over happier times. Basically, cries herself to sleep. Oh. Poor Patty. Poor Patty. But, also, but, but yeah, that, that telephone call was so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Again, the contrivance. Yeah. <laughs> so the, next, the next morning, the phone rings for Patty, but it's only Liz. Oh, boo. <laughs> How dare Patty's we? Dis- Patty's disappointed. And who can blame her? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she's forgotten all about the interview, uh, which Liz is calling just to reschedule by like half an hour. And she's tempted to bail, but she promised Liz and she can't back out on Liz. We can't break a promise to a Wakefield. <laughs> yes. And Liz says she can't wait to hear about Patty's plans for the future. And just the words plan for the future reminds Patty that her plans were meant to be, you know, going to Pacific College with Jim. Yeah. And, uh, up in the air and she breaks down and of course Liz tells her to come over and spill her guts because she too is a bit of an old Colin Robinson <laughs> that's so. it oh god and like, yeah Patty is like oh of course because she's like Patty knew there was no one more genuinely kind and sympathetic than Elizabeth Ugh. Wakefield it's like what about your own friend Dee Dee who's like the yes. nicest person ever and actually there for you <laughs> yes and knows you and Jim yeah. as opposed to Liz just swooping in and <laughs> So Liz tells her that she'll be, or she tells Liz that she'll be over in half an hour to get the tissues ready. But of course, Liz always has a jumbo box like a therapist. She's got a <laughs> tissue box of tissues on the desk at all times in case somebody starts crying. <laughs> She's got like a utility belt like Batman, but it's just <laughs> tissues. <laughs> it's true. And on that note, we're just going to take a quick break to tell you about another podcast in the Headstuff Podcast Network stable. That's right. So this week, uh, you should check out Words to That Effect. Uh, it's hosted by Connor Reed, who's also our lovely producer. And Hi, Connor. Words- hey, Connor. <laughs> so Words to That Effect is a podcast that looks at the different ways that literature shapes popular culture. Uh, it's a really fascinating show. They get deep into detective stories, romance novels, all kinds oh. of different genre fiction. And series five has just started. So now is a really good time to get stuck in. That's true. Here's a bit of a taste. I'm Connor Reed with Words to That Effect. How do the Victorians invent time? Where do all those pirate cliches come from? Should we all read romance novels? Why are kids so obsessed with dinosaurs? What makes the perfect detective story? What happens to culture and society in a post-apocalyptic world where everything has stopped? Words to that effect tell stories of the fiction that shapes popular culture. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts and at wttepodcast.com. And now, back to Sweet Valley, where Patty has arrived at the Wakefield house, where the the girls are chilling by the uh, by the pool and they have 
Um, frankly, I don't even know how to describe this brunch that Liz has prepared. It's got two things that are delicious and another thing that should not be allowed anywhere near them. Oh. <laughs> it's bagels, cream cheese, both delicious, and pineapple. Yeah, no, I presumed they were eating the pineapple separately to the bagels and cream cheese. Do you think they're having it on the bagel? That's what I thought. Ooh. Just seemed like a random thing to mention next to bagels and cream cheese. Yeah. Huh. Um, that should be salmon. Yes. Bacon. Also, Ooh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> pineapple. Never. <laughs> I do enjoy a bit of fresh pineapple, but like, yeah, on its own and then have something else. But Not with cream yeah. cheese. I mean, really, God, Wakefield. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You're just not having it with them this week. <laughs> no. It's been a long week. It's only Monday. Monday. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, well, um, I think we're, we're at a certain point in lockdown where, you know. <laughs> Who even knows? It's very uh, lemon. It's Tuesday. <laughs> Energy off this. Fucking hell. Oh, my God. Very much so. <laughs> anyway, Patty tells Liz all. By the way, there was a lot of recapping in this book of things that have happened like two pages earlier. Like, <laughs> we get the full recap. They don't even just say she told all. They yeah. tell all again. <laughs> <laughs> in case we forgot. <laughs> and Liz remembers her own recent trauma with poor Jeffrey, hashtag poor Aww. Jeffrey, which rem- reminds her that being in love is never easy. And in another moment of continuity, she tells Patty about another incident from her own past um, with a certain character who we hate. This <laughs> this was so funny because yeah she's like oh maybe maybe you that your woman that you saw uh, Jim with is a good friend and Liz is like you know the same thing happened to me and Todd before uh, he saw me in a restaurant with another guy Nicholas Morrow Nic- Nicholas and I are very close friends and that's it but like at the time that was a fucking date and Todd was right I to know. be pissed off like that that's bullshit <laughs> so what the fuck like <laughs> Nicholas took her to that place of like doves and gold cages <laughs> yes and it was it was entirely a date because Nicholas was obsessed with Liz would not leave her alone and basically oh. badgered her into going out with a date in secret entirely and yes it was ridiculous and Todd was entirely in the right to be pissed off with that so this yes. is a terrible example Liz and we are not having it <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, but uh, yeah Liz uh, keeps out those little details and uh, she does give one piece of sensible advice which she has same sensible advice she gave in in the last book. She says that uh, that Patty just needs to talk openly with Jim and just have it out with him. And yeah. Patty knows that he's right, that she's right. So she decides that she's just going to go over to Jim's house straight away and ha- you know pour out her heart. <laughs> but I don't know why I found this so funny. When she approaches the house, she sees <laughs> Jim and the mystery girl, and they are literally frolicking. <laughs> they're on the emerald green lawn tossing a frisbee back and forth ha 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 ha, ha. Just, <laughs> I just imagine them literally skipping around with joy yeah. um, so poor Patty is devastated and she basically just slouches down in her car and drives past no poor Patty I know my notes do say oh poor Patty <laughs> Oh, say mine like I have poor Patty in a little sad face. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, her Patty's woes continue when she gets home because Jana wants her to come for another dress fishing. And she's all like, oh, why not? I'm not like anything else to do. And Jana finally notices that uh, something's up. But Patty doesn't want to spill all in front of Ted. So she kind of plays it down. That's it. And it's kind of, it's not great the way Jana handles it because she sees that no. there's something up with Patty. And of course, she's not going to like spill to her in front of Ted, who she doesn't even fucking know. Like, yeah. So, like, she should have waited until she got her on her own or something. But yeah. And also, Jana kind of dismisses Patty and it's like, yeah. oh, you know, you've had an argument or something. Oh, we have little tips all the time. And look at us. We're so happy. Uh, now, about my dress. Yeah. So. It's all immediately back to her again. So it's a bit lousy. Yeah. We cut to the Casatel Wakefield where Alice is making dinner with her demon spawn and <laughs> Jessica pretends to throw spice jars around like they ever eat anything spicy in that house. Like, <laughs> got, what were they making things with like hamburgers and tomatoes and noodles oh, or something? fucking weird casserole. Yeah, oh, sounds hideous. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we're, we're reminded that when she smiled, Alice Wakefield looked almost as young as her 16-year-old <laughs> daughters, which I find very hard to believe, as somebody who is Alice's age. <laughs> to my horror. Oh, God, it is ridiculous, yeah. Um, and we're reminded about Jess being lazy, which is presented as a sort of cute quirk mm-hmm. rather than her uh, exploiting her sister's doormat. <laughs> like, oh, Jess was meant to make help make the dinner, but of course she never did. Ha ha ha. Oh, God. <laughs> and... The phone rings for Jess <laughs> and uh, it's a boy who Liz doesn't recognise. And Jess says, maybe it's time we got an enlisted number to discourage the undesirables. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> but who could it be on the phone? It's the opposite of undesirable. Indeed. Why, it's sexy Vincent of the Blue Parrot shop. <laughs> <laughs> Blue Parrot so good. <laughs> oh, so Liz, uh, Jessica is delighted, of course. So, but she has to kind of sneak off with the phone in case, because uh, she knows that Liz would not approve of her uh, basically cheating Dee Dee out of a job. I know, she's really screwing Dee Dee here. Like, it's so lousy. But, uh, she really is. I mean, she's uh, just, her horn dogness just pushes her <laughs> into doing terrible things. And uh, Vincent doesn't, uh, is clearly clueless about her motivation because he says he's been thinking about their conversation a lot and she thinks a chill of excited satisfaction ran up Jessica's spine. It was exactly the way she'd imagined it. Vincent wasn't calling about any old t-shirts. He had her on her mind. Uh, Jessica, he is calling about t-shirts. Like literally, (laughs) the next thing he says is, I hope no one bought all your (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts. Jessica was thrown somewhat by the turn the conversation was taking. Did Vincent want to ask her out? No. no. <laughs> Very obviously not. <laughs> and then he asks when she can come in and meet his business partner, Cassie, and show more of her designs. And she's like, eh, I sold them all. Hoping Vincent would drop the t-shirt idea and move on to more interesting subjects like taking her out for dinner or dancing. Like, it's it's so bizarre. I don't, I don't know how she's this clueless. Because <laughs> he asks if uh, she can make a few more over the next week and uh, she foolishly agrees because she's so blinded with lust and she takes literally everything he says, like, can you make more t-shirts as a proposition? Because she is unhinged. She truly is. 
And he's like, okay, great. I'll see you next week then. And hangs up. And then we're told, still waiting for Vincent to ask her for a date. Jessica didn't realise at first that he had hung up the phone. <laughs> then an unsettling possibility struck, along with the sound of the dial tone. Maybe Vincent didn't want to date with Jessica Wakefield after all. Maybe he just wanted Dee Dee Gordon's t-shirts. Yes. You think? (laughs) (laughs) This is where her, like, I'm all for, you know, young women uh, acknowledging their sexual appetites and desires. But like, this is not healthy, Jessica. Like, this uh, is, you know, it is blinding you to reality. (laughs) Find somewhere else to channel all that, all those urges for the moment, <laughs> uh, instead of um, creating worrying scenarios in your mind about twenty-nine-year-old men. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> Please. So, uh, back at the Gilberts, we learn that Ted has gone back to his Air Force base, and Janet is staying at home until the wedding. She's already quit her job, but initially, I was like what the fuck? She's like quitting her job when she gets married and then remembered, oh yeah, she's meant to be moving to Germany in That's right. you know, a week. <laughs> so they're all banging on about wedding stuff and Patty is totally fed up with it. And Jana casually asks about sending a gym an invite and uh, we learn that pa- Patty hasn't told anybody about the the breakup yet. Yeah. She also hasn't had a chance. Like anytime she's tried to talk to Jana, like she's just not listening to her. So it's like, oh, mm-hmm. true. And we learned that she's tried to to ring him at college. And of course, there's no answer then. Where oh, is there? Typical. <laughs> Typical Jim. <laughs> um, yeah, their aunt Marlena is throwing Jana a bridal share. And Patty's all like, oh, whatever. Maybe if I throw myself into these wedding things, I'll forget about Jim. But she knows she won't. Oh, We cut to Sweet Valley High, where Jess is turning down a date from some randomer called Jim Daly. (laughs) Who? Literally who? (laughs) And she thinks, Jim Daly, she thought, as she turned her back on him to scan the crowded cafeteria. He's a perfect example of what's wrong with Sweet Valley guys. He had taken her to a dance once and they had had a decent time. He was cute enough, but he was so boring it was sad. <laughs> this is the downside of having to have a date to every activity. She's just run out. That's it. She's all out of lads. Like she'll just yeah. need to, to date some girls instead. Well, if only. <laughs> I don't think that would even cross her mind. Actually, I think she she more sees other girls as rivals. I don't True. think she could even like. I don't think it would even cross her mind to see them as potential <laughs> partners. Uh, and in fairness, there'd be slim pickings there too. I guess. <laughs> So uh yeah her plan is to uh is is to basically uh hope that when Vincent asks her out as will inevitably happen he won't care about the fact she doesn't have any t-shirts for him and, and that she lied and that she oh has God. is actually a fraudster a scam artist demented pure scam artist like oh my yeah. god yeah because <laughs> she approaches Dee Dee in the hope of snagging more t-shirts uh just to you know like buy off her and then yes. pass off as her own but Dee Dee sold them all so uh yeah she can't and we're told that she thinks that it would work just to sort of fool Vincent um into you know for just a little bit longer because when he found out at that point he wouldn't care about Jessica's little white lie because he would be completely infatuated with her <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Completely in jail. 
um, well, she's got her own solution. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a something that you might have done, Karen. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Can you tell us what it is, please? Well, she uh, she decides, you know, having pictured Dee Dee's shirts in her mind, she's like, well, whenever it comes right down to it, they're just splashes of paint on men's white undershirts. How hard can it be? So she decides she's going to paint her own T-shirts. Right. <laughs> so she asks Dee Dee where she gets the paint or like what kind of paint it is. And Dee Dee's like, well, like fabric paint. Why? What's going on? So she, uh, she kind of gets whatever details she can out of Dee Dee and kind of scurries off. <laughs> well, we learned that there's... Uh, a shop that actually has a name. Oh my god, another name. Right. And kind of an Irish name as well. Fenders. It is an Irish name, yeah. Fenders Design Supply. Nice. Oh, didn't we have, wasn't the uh, sewing shop, was that not an Irish name as well? Maybe all the Irish immigrants to Sweet Valley were like creative <laughs> types. The arts and crafts scene is yeah. filled of Irish Americans. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, well, uh, Jessica scurries off and thinks, talk about desperate. It just goes to show what a girl's forced to do to keep her social life alive in Sweet Valley these days. <laughs> Jesus, all she had to do was go to a party on the beach like and none of this would have happened. <laughs> I know. I mean, again, they just make so much drama for themselves. By the way, there's a, a weird choice of character name here when, like, Patty asks, does, does Jessica into this stuff? And Dee Dee says that uh, Jessica's never shown any artistic talent and that they did a unit on sculpture and everyone had to make a sculpture of somebody else in the class. Jessica did Charlie Marcus, but her piece looked more like Mickey Mouse. Charlie Marcus? Who's he? Who the fuck is Charlie Marcus? I literally was like, <laughs> is he somebody famous? Like, are we meant to know? Is he like an American newsreader or something? Like, what? No, somebody else in the class. I, I think he, mm. like the name is vaguely familiar. So I'm wondering, was he just mentioned in passing in a different book and they just kind of like scanned through an old copy of something and were but, like, yep, that'll do. <laughs> but why wouldn't you say, you know, Olivia or somebody like, yeah, or Edith, like, name. well, maybe, hmm. maybe he'll be in the next book. Who knows? Well, like, who knows? Like, <laughs> Turn it up. <laughs> and uh, uh, Dee Dee, obviously, like most people, can't wait to get away from the Wakefields, uh, or most people in real life, not in <laughs> Sweet Valley where they can't get enough of them, uh, ch- changes the subject and asks how Patty's doing. Rather sadly, says she feels like an orphan. Nobody knows her in her family anymore. <laughs> and Dee Dee, again, the sensible friend, says, Look, you've got to make an effort because right after the wedding, Ted and Jana are moving to Germany and you don't know when the hell you'll see them again. And if you don't see her in six months when she's living in, um, in San Francisco, in the same state, like, yeah. It'll be like six years before you see her again now. <laughs> Pretty much. Now's the time. Um, and Patty knows she's right. But then when she gets home and starts to talk to Jana and says, look, you know, I've kind of got a few problems at the moment. Jana's all like, not another problem. I can't take it. And when she, Jana goes into this full sort of bridezilla meltdown. It's the last straw for Patty. Oh, she she basically says the wedding's all you care about and that she may as well not exist anymore. And then says maybe you'd better get somebody else to be your maid of honor, Jana, because I don't want to have anything to do with you and your wedding. <gasps> My goodness, and Jana is is hurt and upset and says that's fine with me. And that's it. Oh yeah, she's like, it's obvious from the start that you weren't the least bit interested in Ted and me in our engagement. You've been sulking like a five-year-old for days. Like, Jana is also being a massive child here. So it's just like, oh. you're as bad as each other. Will you both cop on, please? I know. Again, the sweet value way. True. <laughs> so it's Sunday morning and it turns out that 
that was the last scene was Wednesday, and she and Jana, Patty and Jana, have not spoken since then. Fucking he hell! Missed the bridal shower, which is pretty full on. Like, it is to miss your, it, you know, to be that deep into the fight. Yeah, I guess, and I suppose bridal showers are a big deal. Like they're not really mm. a thing here, so I'm just like, oh, fuck it, who cares? Like, <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, I suppose it is actually a big deal in uh, in America. So and fine. I guess it's the near it's the nearest thing she gets to a hen party. Okay, yeah. So th- that's why I was feeling it was more of a, you know, a big deal. Okay, that is a big deal then, yeah, to to not go to like the hen party. Yeah, yeah, because it's the only thing like that she has. And actually, I have to say that Mrs. Gilbert handles it very well because she obviously, you know, she doesn't do the thing that some of the Sweet Valley parents do, which would be, why are you being so ridiculous? She's actually <laughs> sympathetic to uh, Patty. Like she acknowledges that her upset is valid. Yeah, but says and I think she's right that if Patty misses the wedding she will regret it oh absolutely yeah and by the way she says that Jan is going to call Tracy this morning to ask her to be her maid of honour in her place and apparently Tracy is their cousin who's a junior in Sweet Valley High where has she been where the fuck because then she'd be in the same year as like Liz and Jess everyone else that we spend time with and it's like really where the fuck is Tracy lads I refuse to be this is retconning Tracy into Sweet Valley oh massively so yeah and I don't remember her popping up in another book either so yeah Tracy eh Mm. Hmm. yeah I was surprised they didn't make her go to like Pacific Palisades or somewhere where they could justify us never having heard of this classmate before though in fairness I mean they don't recognise people who have been in their year for like four <laughs> years. That's true. <laughs> who is that? <laughs> who is this guy? I think he's in this class that I have. How, how do you not know? <laughs> how big is this fucking school? Seriously. <laughs> well, back in the Casadale Wakefield, Liz is amused to find Jessica in full artist mode. And Jessica claims that her ensemble is just loungewear. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and also she's she's messing around inspired by the craft fair and Liz is like really you're like making you know customising clothes and Jess, Jess says you know me I'll try anything for fashion which I guess is true <laughs> I think it's true yeah <laughs> it's a good cover and when Liz admires her earrings um, Jessica says that she got them at the craft fair and she doesn't know how to get hold of them but she knows who will Oh, that's right. Yes. So she says that, yeah, that if she gets onto Patty, she'd be able to sort it out for her. And Liz is like, oh, what? And Jess is like, yeah, her boyfriend's cousin made them. She informed Elizabeth, Jim Hollis's cousin. I forget her name, but I think she came up from L.A. for the weekend. <gasps> Who could possibly have seen that the mystery girl that Jim was at the cinema with and then was <laughs> frolicking with outside his house playing Frisbee was his cousin? Only everybody. That's a <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the mystery girl in purple. Indeed. But refreshingly, Liz just tells Patty straight away, as opposed to like, oh, can I tell her? Should I interfere? Oh my God, yes. Please do this one time. Just interfere already and get this over with. (laughs) So uh, yeah, she calls around to Patty and Jana answers. And Jana's a bit like, oh, Patty. Oh, yes, because she's such a fucking bait. You should not be getting married, Jana. You are too young. Like you're literally like... Yeah, you kind of expect her to be an adult because she's getting married and she is only like 21 or something. But yeah. still, like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> like, even when Jess, when Liz says she's there to see Patty, she's all like, Jan is all like, oh, Patty? Oh, yes, I suppose she's, she should be here in a minute. Oh. Like, for, like, pull it together, Jana. Oh, uh, get a grip. 
But when Liz <laughs> refers to Patty having broken up with Jim, Janet is horrified that she didn't know. Mm, yeah, she wonders why Patty didn't tell her. And it's like, well, even if she did, would you have listened to her? <laughs> Good point. She wouldn't have. So mm. uh, Liz notes the tension when Patty uh, enters. And when they get together, like when they sort of get off on their own in Patty's room, she tells Patty all about the, the cousin from LA. And Patty is horrified. And Liz urges her to, you know, give it another chance. So she decides mm. to write Jim a letter. Uh-huh. But she spills her guts and she it's a really nice letter she apologises she asks can they have a new start but she can't figure herself to send it because yeah. she tells herself Jim won't want to hear from her or he'd have called her Ugh, this is why I'm so frustrated with their team <laughs> drama creation like send the letter Paddy just do it come on so we cut to Monday morning and Jana is trying to get to the bridal shop but she can't get a taxi um and uh Patty comes home because she's forgotten something for her dance class. Or I guess it's Monday afternoon then. And when Pat would Jana asks her for a lift, she's like, oh, okay, fine. But it's super awkward. Yeah, I don't do they even say a word to each other in the car on the way there? Like it's very tense. Yeah. Yes. And this is the first time they've kind of been in an enclosed space with each other since they started not talking. <laughs> yeah. And even it she kind of realizes it's ridiculous. And Patty's basically missed her class there by the time they arrive. So she goes along with Jana into the bridal shower or bridal shop. And she she's not particularly enthusiastic. But when she sees Jana <laughs> looking gorgeous in her dress, something happens. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like when she, it's like, you know, say yes to the dress when everyone starts crying when the bride walks out <laughs> in the dress. <laughs> Poor Patty, like she starts crying kind of immediately and all the like fond memories come rushing back and she just, yeah, realises that this is all ridiculous in the grand scheme of things and they need to sort their shit out, basically. Yeah. I don't remember my sister crying when she saw me in my wedding dress. It wasn't a, it wasn't a weird vintage shop in Portobello Road and Notting Hill in London run by a posh woman in jodhpurs. Ooh. <laughs> that sounds like way more fun. They had a special bridal room downstairs with loads of like 40s and 30s wedding dresses, which was kind of amazing. But uh, it uh, it wasn't a like champagne fancy bridal boutique. Gotcha. And my yeah. sister definitely didn't cry. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I guess that's not the sweet valley way to be like, oh, yeah, or, she, or she just doesn't love you enough, Anna. You know, well, you <laughs> listening, Jenny. <laughs> Jenny, Jana. I mean... So of course it being Sweet Valley though, they they burst into tears, they embrace, and she Jana tells Patty that she needs her to be her maid of honor. Basically, Tracy won't care because she felt a bit weird about doing it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> As you would, like Jesus. <laughs> I mean you would just like your sister is right there. And oh she's God, this is not your sister yeah. isn't going to your wedding. <laughs> yeah it's like I, I want no part of this please don't involve me like <laughs> <laughs> okay um but uh yes there's a, a giant happy reunion and Jana urges um Patty to send that letter to to Jim to Jim yeah but Jim Patty isn't sure there's a point anymore and she thinks Jim won't want her back hmm. I think I've said all I have to say about this contrived drama. So I'll let it go <laughs> for now. 
Cut to Sweet Valley High, where Jess is skiving off cheerleading to go to the Blue Parrot. Oh God, it's time to meet Vincent. <laughs> and we're told she had been dying to announce her latest caper. But I love the idea she has so many capers that she, uh, you know, she's got to fill people in on her uh, caper schedule. But <laughs> we're told that she didn't tell anybody because she would, and I quote, rather wait and introduce Vincent to her friends as her new boyfriend at the next boring Sweet Valley High party. That would really shock everybody. It certainly would, because he's like 30 years old and somebody should call the police. <laughs> It really would be a shock. <laughs> I, mean, I know I'd be shocked when my friends turned up with a 30 year old when we were 16. Oh, fuck. By shock, I mean, oh, Jesus. And by shocked, I mean horrified. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she heads off with her ridiculous t shirts and she knows they're shit, but she tells herself that as soon as Vincent sees her, t shirts will be the furthest thing from his mind. Oh, my God. She's just demented. She really is. And also, she had completely forgotten about Cassie, the business partner, until she turns up and then Vincent's there with this woman who he works with. <laughs> <laughs> and it's only now that she realises that she's kind of in over her head. Uh, oh, but God. we're told Jessica wasn't the type to give up without a fight, especially where a gorgeous guy was concerned. <laughs> what the actual fuck? So she's, weird. So, yeah, she starts uh, showing her ridiculous creations and says, <laughs> I call this one Seascape. <laughs> Sounds ridiculous. Oh, God. oh, yeah. So this one, uh, yeah, on this particular one, Jessica had attempted an ocean scene in blue and green. Unfortunately, her whale had ended up resembling a big black oil slick and the palm trees on the mud coloured beach looked like something from a horror movie. Green killer spiders from Mars, she thought. It just sounds so awful. And what's, even, what's better is that she hands it to Vincent and tries to ignore his shocked expression. <laughs> like, where do you think this is going, Jessica? Come on. I know. I just love the idea that Vincent is just shell-shocked going, what, what has happened? Why did I suggest this to my business partner, Cassie? That's it. Cassie's sitting there going, he has lost his fucking mind. <laughs> How do I get my money back? <laughs> And he's basically like, what the fuck? These are not the shirts I saw earlier. And Jessica says she was experimenting. And when he says, I swear you couldn't be the same artist I met at the craft fair. Jessica decided that like defense is the best form of, uh, you know, or sorry, offense is the best form of defense. Because she started going, <laughs> how dare you apply? I'm some kind of fake. <laughs> she really doubles down. It's so funny. But uh, Cassie is kind of amazing. Because oh, she's I just sort of Cassie. sitting back. <laughs> She takes it so well because she's just, she kind of backs Jessica up kind of messing and she's like, here, here, cheered Cassie, clearly entertained by this performance. Because, <laughs> yeah, Jessica was saying like, oh, artists are always evolving in new directions. <laughs> and uh, who, where would you think civilization would be if famous artists didn't experiment? Oh, God. So yes. Jessica tries to storm off because she realizes she's gone too far. And when uh, yeah. Cassie says, no, 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 tell me, tell us a bit more about like your technique and all your experience. <laughs> and that's when Jessica cracks. She says, I can't tell a lie. <laughs> that's all she does. <laughs> she does think, I said like George Washington after he chopped down the cherry tree. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she, oh, but she, then she literally tells a lie. <laughs> because she says that she uh, just thought it would be fun 
to have t-shirts at a store and that's why she pretended to be the designer. It would be too mortifying to turn around and go, because I thought you were really hot, okay? (laughs) Well, uh, I like that Vincent takes this seriously because she tries to slink off and he says, not so fast, Miss Wakefield. Before you go, I'd like the name of the real artist whom you tried to defraud. Tell it like it is, Vincent. Yeah, get her. (laughs) So she tells him grudgingly and he finds the number in the phone book and calls Dee Dee straight away and uh, Jess expects that Dee Dee who had never liked Jessica much we're told would probably tell the whole school what she had done I'd be the laughing stock of Sweet Valley thanks a lot Vince baby (laughs) (laughs) this is the best line in the whole book it's so good is it slightly OTG thanks a lot Vince baby (laughs) (laughs) Vincey baby would be better Delano. <laughs> and he's an old-timey gangster. He likes t-shirts. <laughs> I'll meet you at the Blue Parrot. <laughs> it does sound like a, a jazz club of some sort. Doesn't doesn't know speakeasy. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> well, he's put out the OTG and Jess. And uh, he... Um, certainly makes Dee Dee's day because even though she's a bit baffled when he refers to her, quote, partner, Jessica Wakefield, <laughs> she's so pleased when he asks her about, you know, ordering her T-shirts. Um, she, uh, we're told she had a vague suspicion that Jessica had been trying to pull another one of her famous stunts. But she, <laughs> she's too thrilled to really care. And he doesn't give Jessica away, which I think is too kind of him. It really is. Like, he should fucking sell her out because she tried to screw Dee Dee out of, like, a proper commission like yeah. or a business deal. It's so shitty. Yeah, like, she literally was trying to default her. Yeah. So, uh, she decides to bring Patty to tell her all, but the phone is answered by Jana, who went into Patty's room to take the call. And after she hangs up, what should Jana see on the, <gasps> in the room? On the desk, yeah. She sees uh, a corner of an envelope or a bit of white paper. But yeah, she realises that uh, the letter is still there and Patty hasn't sent it yet. The letter for Jim. (gasps) Yes. So she rings Jim. She's like, okay, I'm going to do something about this. And she rings Jim's mom for his address. But it turns out he's off on a field trip in the mountains with no phone. Uh And she can write to a P.O. box in like the nearest (sighs) village. (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> that's why and Jan is like oh that's why he didn't call Patty after their you know misunderstanding um, but that still doesn't explain where he was before before that yeah it's still not answered mm. never know not happy so, about that so Jessica sa- or Jana sends the letter and she includes a note from herself explaining all mm. cut to the Oracle office where Patty is admiring the proofs of her interview with Liz and while we're in the Oracle office, I'm going to say it. We're in sorrow, <laughs> then in anger. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Where is Mr. Collins? I can't even say. His, I can't even say it in his trademark style. I can't even sad. do the, the I can't jingle. I <laughs> can't even do a sad jingle because we don't, I think this might be one of the first books in which he's not even mentioned. We had True. And he's especially... Going, yeah, and even like when we get a, an Oracle office scene as well, for there to be no mention of him is weird. Yeah. I know, and a scene, and a kind of plot element that involves yeah. a column for the Oracle. Exactly. He'd better come back at the next one. That's all I can say. <laughs> God damn it! It's been too long. It has. And uh, Patty tells um, Liz all about the wedding plans, and we're told that Ted's family are hosting a sort of rehearsal dinner at the Valley Inn. And we get another little bit of continuity callback uh, fun. 
Because Liz <laughs> remembers her last visit there. That's right. Her uh, Jeffrey took her to the Valley Inn like shortly before they broke up. It was uh, that was back when, after Todd came back. It was in after the book. Todd came. That's right. I was like Jeffrey was like this is probably our last proper date because he knew and we all knew like yeah. that she was going to bail out and run back to Todd. But yeah, it was their last big fancy date. She was kind of, his kind of last ditch effort to uh, hold Aww. on to her. Oh, poor Jeffrey. Hashtag poor Jeffrey. <laughs> well, Liz feels a nostalgic pang, and so do we, listeners. So, <laughs> so Jess turns up, and when she sees Dee Dee's t uh, shirt on Patty, she's like, oh, it runs away. <laughs> it's like she has PTSD from the t shirts and just, yeah, runs off. Basically. So, PTSD t shirt. Oh, there you go. Look, I'm surprised. <laughs> kind <and> of. <laughs> I mean, I think we've got PTSD from reading these books at this stage. <laughs> so we cut to the pre-wedding dinner where Mr. Brewster is giving a nice toast. And it's all very nice, but Patty misses Jim. And we learn that the uh, the setting is so romantic. And it's where she and Jim went to have dinner for uh, their two-year anniversary a few months ago. Jesus, if you've been going out for two years when you're that age, that's practically married. Pretty much, yeah. I was kind of surprised they were going out together that long, to be honest. Me too. A lot longer than Ted and Jada, some might say. <laughs> True, actually, yeah. <laughs> but uh, when uh, Ted's best man is giving a, a toast, um, Patty notices something. Ted's not sitting in a seat. Yeah, Ted got up to leave uh, mm. at some point and kind of disappears off. Yeah. She kind of wonders, wonders where he went off to. Yeah, and she thinks it's odd, as it is, uh, that he would disappear in the middle of his rehearsal dinner. But Jana's just like, oh, it's fine. I'm sure, you know, we're not, we're not uh, joined at the hip. So the next day, Jana wakes Patty early and they have a really nice sisterly moment. And she's thinking, oh, it'll never be the same again. Aww. And this actually does get to me when she talks about, you know, Jana's going to be off in, with Ted in Germany and they'll only be together on occasional holidays. And uh, yeah, like a lot of us, I mean, one of my sisters is in another country, not going to see her at Christmas. And oh. we haven't seen each other since February. And I think there's going to be a lot of listeners in the same boat. So I know what it's like, folks. And uh, it, it, it made me drop my cynicism for just one split second. Oh no, they got you. Yeah, but normal <laughs> service will be, uh, will be starting again. Now, we okay. could... <laughs> so Jana thinks that things will work out with Jim, but Patty isn't so sure. And she's just like, not going to think about it. She's going to focus on the wedding. Yeah. So at the church, it's all very, you know, weddingy, And the <laughs> kicking in and she follows Jana up the aisle. <gasps> but who's that sitting near the front? Oh my God, it's Jim. <gasps> a tall, handsome young man in a grey suit standing on the aisle in the second row of the pews. And he's grinning <laughs> widely at her. Oh, hooray. And as she reaches the altar, he takes her hand and kisses her cheek. After the ceremony, they embrace and he tells her he got the letter and he had already, he knew their fight was a stupid mistake and he wanted to apologise, but he was stuck out there in the middle of nowhere. Um, and he really was stuck. But who could have collected him and taken him home? That's right. It was Ted uh, drove up to, to get him. So that was why he disappeared early from the rehearsal dinner. Yes, he drove all the way up and mm. uh, he said he was happy to go out of his way to help his new sister-in-law. So Ted is a good Aww. egg. He is a good egg. Team effort to get Jim there. <laughs> yes. And Jim, in fairness, is kind of, is pretty decent because he gives a proper apology and he literally says he acted like a baby over her. Yeah, no, he actually, 
Yeah, I like I wasn't willing to forgive him, uh, but then he actually did say, you know, apologize for for his stupid reaction earlier on. So I was like, all right, fine. But still, yeah. where were you? <laughs> yeah, we never got that. That's the one thing where we just do not get a solution, an answer to why he didn't answer his phone for like two <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> but they kiss, and when Patty says that they'll never argue again, he says, well, you know what? They probably will, but they'll deal with it in a mature and uh you know sensible way and not create unnecessary drama and if only the rest of sweet valley could learn that lesson <laughs> well, then we wouldn't have a series would we very very true <laughs> so all's well that ends well and uh that's it for patty and jim and will they yeah. ever turn up again genuinely can't remember well, i'm sure patty probably will because she has appeared she once or twice. Will. she's not like tennis yeah. girl who they just pulled out of the rehearsal and like <laughs> 55 bucks in <laughs> <laughs> so I think Patty will return we cut to Sunday afternoon at the Casadale Wakefield where Liz is telling Jess and Steve who's back for the first time in a while yeah he has been away a good while actually at this stage yeah well she's telling him and Jess all about the romantic reunion of Patty and Jim and Jessica pursed her lips the expression <laughs> on her face lemon sour <laughs> and then she says she thinks the words that we have said many many times can you tell us what she thinks <laughs> sometimes her twin was such a sap <laughs> she certainly is <laughs> it is you who say it Jess there you go it's so fun like at this stage calling Liz a sap is like your catchphrase <laughs> it's so funny to actually see it written down now in one of the books <laughs> Well, I mean, Jess is telling it like it is for once. Uh, but then she's uh, in a typical deluded flight of fancy because she says that Patty's a wimp to let Jib get it back so easily. Odds are, he's not so wonderful. In my opinion, there's not a decent boy or man within a... Stay away from men, Jess. Within a thousand miles of Sweet Valley. Sorry, Todd and Steve, she added as an afterthought. <laughs> Steve, yes, all men. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with, you know, so not all men, Todd and Steve, but uh, apart from you. <laughs> and Steve, Stephen asks, what, you know, what's her damage? And she brushes it off. But um, she, uh, she thinks, she, by the way, we, we hear that she told Dee Dee that she just happened to forget about Vincent's offer. Mm. How did she get away with that? Like, how oh, was that? Once again, she just fucking, yeah, wiggles out with no consequences. Well, she's decided that after that failure with Vincent, she needs to put some effort into finding Mr. Wright. And that is the end of the book. Can you read us out, please, Karen? <laughs> what kind of scheme does Jessica have planned to meet the boy of her dreams? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 62. Who's who? Yes. Oh my God, it's going to be so good. <laughs> we can tell you what kind of scheme. And we'll sum it up in two words. Daniela. <laughs> Fromage. Holy shit. <laughs> this is one we've been waiting for. This is up there with, you know, On the Edge and uh, Alone in the Crowd in terms of books that are, and, and in fact, That Fatal Night, um, in, or That Not So Fatal Night, in terms yeah. of, of books that, that we've been excited about. And we know loads of listeners are very excited about those books. So um, we can we can share your excitement You've only got two weeks to wait. And to tide you over a bit till then and distract you, do you have some stats and outfits, Karen? Or should I say Terry Adams? (laughs) I sure do. (laughs) Okay, so now the blondness only got three mentions. Mm. 
Mm. Okay, well, that's kind of average. It's kind of average for the minute, but Mm. now brace yourself, okay, for the next part. Okay. You're you're not going to be impressed. Try not to flip any tables over. I'll try. Well, as you can see, I'm in a... um, The nerves are strained this evening. (laughs) Because the blue-green eyes got no mentions. What? (laughs) What? I know. It's outrageous. Um, Not one fucking mention of the blue-green eyes. It's like... Who do I ring to like find out who ghost wrote this book? Because somebody dropped the fucking ball here. Uh, like, oh my god, that has never happened before. I don't think it has ever. Like, this is like oh. unprecedented. I don't even know what to do with myself. Oh my god. Well, I'm speechless. I know. Call the cops. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Are there any outfits to make up for this? Okay, they they actually are quite a good okay, few. Um, so <laughs> we'll console ourselves with some 80s outfits. Yes, um, yes okay. So uh, early on when Jess decides she's fed up at the beach, uh, she's frowning at Elizabeth, who's uh, who's about to head out because she's wearing shorts and an oversized t-shirt over her new powder blue bathing suit. Oh, <laughs> casual. Nice. Casual, yes. Uh, yes. Beach party wear. Um, let's see. There's, oh, I'm going to keep the bridesmaids dress till the end. Uh, so at one point, Jess wears a mint green jersey miniskirt. Sounds pretty cool. I would have 100% um, worn that back then. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jess, oh yes, when she's going on her little uh, t-shirt painting uh, buzz, she, her painting clothes include uh, Jessica, her silky hair pulled back into a high ponytail and tied with a bandana, was dressed in her most beat up jeans and an old Ooh. tattered shirt of their father's. <laughs> this is what she tries to pass off as loungewear, which is pretty yes. good. It's a good look though, I like it. It is. A little yeah. bit Axel Rose, I'm into it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, oh yes, when Jess is heading out to meet Vincent in uh, the Blue Parrot, she changes <laughs> out of her bright blue tank top and stonewashed miniskirt oh, yes. uh, into a really boring outfit she robbed off Liz, of course. So she changes into a boxy wheat-coloured linen jacket and matching knee-length skirt Ugh. that she smuggled out of Liz's closet. It's like, oh, oh God. Of course it's Liz's closet because <laughs> it's fucking beige. Of course, the most beige woman in the world. Um, and then finally, Patty's bridesmaid's dress uh, for the wedding is, or her, her maid of honour dress, mm. I should say. It's cornflower blue with tiny white flowers on it. It has a scooped Aww. neckline, little puffed sleeves. Oh, that sounds lovely. <laughs> Very cute. <laughs> and her and Jana look radiant in their outfits. They do indeed. Yeah. So uh, they actually gave us a good bit of outfit stuff there as well as all the fucking terrible t-shirts. So yeah. Oh, and the terrible t-shirts are pretty amazing sounding. So both the, even Dee Dee's ones sound quite, I mean, I I believe that they have their fans, but I have to say that uh, I'm not seeing the appeal so much. But Yeah, I just, they keep saying, they keep describing them saying that they're cool, but like they just don't sound cool. If only James Matthews had been able to use his skills to put them on the cover. Because speaking of James, <laughs> if you follow us on Instagram, you might have seen a frankly mind-blowing image in our stories. Can you explain about this, Karen, please? Oh my God, like this knocked me for six. So it's it's a reference photo of uh, two models uh, in place for the cover of Crash Landing. So it's like... <laughs> It's Liz and Enid, but like in real life. Human beings. Crazy. (laughs) Actual real life. It's actually almost 
unsettling. It, it's so weird. Like I couldn't believe it when I saw. It. And like we've we've been down the road. We've discussed um, John Lee Stack, who we yes. reckon was the model. Like who who was oh, yeah, the model? Was like the her model, face definitely. is is a Wakefield. Like yeah, she is um, the Wakefield model. But like just seeing the actual reference photos was just <gasps> wild. Like it was so weird. So cool. Oh, and there are a few of them as well. And there, it's some artist. Is she Brazilian? The artist. Is... Yeah. So there's a Brazilian artist who did a bunch of pieces. She kind of she got to know James Matthews. Um, <gasps> they they'd like write to each other, and they got to the point where he would send her like some of his proof sketches and stuff that like he would have been he worked up to actually do the covers. And I'm so jealous. <laughs> so she, uh, yeah. So she like incorporated some of his bits and pieces then into her artwork, and like it's just the reference photos are just. I, I was reeling when I saw them because oh. I was just like, oh my God, it's Bill. Oh my God, it's Todd. Like, it's crazy. I'm going to oh, try and get like a high res zoomed in version so we can have a proper look. Oh my God, Jesus, the, the one for Heartbreaker, the Jessica and Bill one was, and the Todd and Liz on the motorbike. Todd and Liz on the bike. It's phenomenal. Oh my God. I'm going to, I'm actually, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to get like proper high res images that I can zoom into and we're going to crop them and throw them up on Instagram because they just have to be seen. They're unbelievable. They do. They are actually, I think when Karen said to me, (laughs) tell me about it, my replies were just like, oh my God, oh my God, a lot of all caps. It was was one of those all caps WhatsApp conversations. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if you know of any, uh, any other secret James Matthews inspiration, um, you know how to contact us. We are uh, proud members of the Headstuff Podcast Network and you can find about, uh, you can find us on the, oh, it's part of the network stable at HS Pod Network and this Headstuff. And you can, of course, follow us on Twitter at SVH Podcast. You can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com and we are on Instagram, like we said, and that's also at svhpodcast. So please do share your thoughts, your feelings. We love hearing from you. We heard that a few of you were actual statisticians in high school. So we stand corrected. Apparently uh, it's, a, it's a thing. Yeah, wrong once again. <laughs> yeah. We heard from Liz and Kyle uh all time friends of the show, um, who who both spoke uh, like spoke about their own experiences as statisticians for for various teams. So it's clearly you know it wasn't just a one off <laughs> weird no, sweet it's a thing. thing. Yeah. Um, so we you know we like being proved wrong in our many many. <laughs> <laughs> inaccurate opinions on America so keep the information coming and uh, we will see you in two weeks when we find out what happens when Jessica has everybody asking oh nice <laughs> yeah, see what I did there I love it who's who <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Thank you. <laughs> See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade.